Welcome to the thing about buyer personas and your customer avatar. These are conversations with B2B marketers about what truly matters to building scalable, sustainable, and substantial marketing. Today, I'm joined by Sarah Kelsey, a business and commerce graduate who's found a home in product marketing, marketing communications, podcasting, and more. Welcome, Sarah. Tell the listeners a little bit about the One Up Project podcast and what spurred that project. Hi, Sam. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Stoked to be here, of course. Yeah, so I started my podcast, The One Up Project, probably almost three years ago now, uh, and it came out of a conversation I was having with someone around New Zealand's retirement scheme and how you can basically make that work more effectively for you. And that person was telling me, did you know you could do this? Did you know you could do that? And I didn't know that I could do any of it. And so I was very frustrated that no one was teaching me what felt like life's basics in a relatable and approachable way. So I decided to start up my own uh, platform, I suppose, where I could have those conversations in the style that I felt really meant that I could go and action those things we spoke about and then share those lessons and that journey with an audience. Uh, And from there, it's kind of developed from mainly financial literacy into a personal growth um, kind of journey and podcast as well. So uh, a financial literati, go. Um, and I guess more recently, you and I co-hosted a YouTube live stream broadcast uh, series. Tell the listeners a little bit about that experience and, and the lessons that you learned about that process. Yeah, well, I guess comparing it to uh, podcasting, live streaming is a completely different ballpark uh, in the sense that there's no room for editing, you know, no real room for mistakes. And it's a different type of uh, feel that the audience has as well. And it can be a lot harder to get across that authentic, uh, candid kind of feeling that a podcast can give you through editing because you need to try and create that feeling live, which I think is a lot more difficult to do. Um, So that was definitely a lesson in itself in terms of how you present yourself authentically through a live stream. Uh, I think the prep that the prep work that goes into it is a lot different because you really do need to be fully prepared for what you're about to say, have quite a good understanding of what you're talking about so that if you're, you know, reading a part of a script that doesn't make sense, you can kind of pull that back quite quickly. Whereas on a podcast, you could pretty easily, you know, repeat something three or four times if you needed to and then just use the best version. So there's definitely a a lot of differences between the two. And I think for me, it just built overall my confidence uh, of being in front of an audience a lot more. And also, I think, made me a little bit more relaxed about presenting to people live and those, those feelings or that confidence, I think both transfers to being live streamed or being in front of a live audience. Yeah, and I guess I can't resist the opportunity to um, uh, talk about the importance of a call time and being on time for that call time. You won't let that one go, will you, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess, as you point out, it has a different dynamic. You know, it's, it's not optional whether you go live at a particular um, time. Like, it's not so simple to just 
change it, re-record it. So I guess getting on to today's topic, um, one of the, the first things uh, to talk about is really the difference between a buyer persona and a customer avatar. Um, I, I guess a persona is a shortcut to understand your market niche and an avatar is a way to bring those personas to life in a meaningful way for your people. Um, I'm curious, Sarah, what's your perspective on on the, the difference between a buyer persona and a customer avatar? Yeah, so how I see it is that a persona is a complete idea uh, of who it is that you are talking to within a business. So you don't need to just have one persona, you can have multiple different personas. And this persona, in essence, is faceless and voiceless at this stage but they have a very distinct they have very distinct characteristics and adding in that voice and that face comes in when you create the avatars associated with that persona and so the avatar really brings what that persona represents to life and makes them a lot more of a relatable version so that those who understand who the personas are whether that's staff or whether that's customers or whoever it is you're talking to they really do get it. They get who you're talking about and they feel like they can resonate with that idea of who you're trying to talk to. Yeah, I I suppose uh, in one sense, the persona is something that you can use for planning purposes uh, and as a shorthand that you can use internally as as you're building out comms plans uh, and, and different programs and get alignment in the organization. But the customer avatar, on the other hand, is a way of really bringing uh, that persona to life in, in a, a relatable way. And so you, you're really getting into the, the nuances of the different personas. That segues quite nicely into uh, a clip that we had uh, from an Instagram reel that encapsulates the significance of a customer avatar to business. And I failed in business for quite a while. And if I was to look back now, one of the reasons I would put it down to is the fact that we didn't know what a customer avatar was. And absolutely everything that you do in your business, that's from the imagery that you um, use, the headlines that you write, the copy that you create, most importantly, the offer that you come up with needs to be designed with that avatar in mind. So Jamie Harrison and his twin brother are online fitness entrepreneur coaches. And I guess uh, while they concentrate on small businesses and solopreneurs, in a vast market, which is the online marketplace, uh, knowing your customer niche is really fundamental. Talk us through in your experience, uh, Sarah, Uh, Why understanding this concept is so very important if you sell online and to a global market? Yeah, I think, you know, people often talk about the importance of knowing your customer and that is definitely a part of this in the sense of if you're selling online, you know, you've got to, and that is who you're starting with as your audience. That's a very broad group of people. So the value, the value of having a persona is working out who exactly you're talking to. And so what you're trying to build as an online presence or with an online personal brand is trust with those people that you're trying to talk to. And you can only build trust if you have a level of understanding of who they are so that you can create content that is relatable and relevant to their life. So 
it's extremely important to have an understanding of this when you are creating content because you're going to have that person in mind. What would they want to hear about? How did they want to be spoken to? What resources would they go and listen to and um, and want to seek out? And that's the kind of stuff that you want to share and build your platform around. And when you do that, you build this really strong connection with those people you're trying to talk to. And so they then feel in essence that you know them that you know them personally and what they care about and what they want. So when it comes to you then trying to sell something, they trust that you'll know what's in their best interest and then you should have more success when it comes to, you know, conversions and everything like that. Yeah, I guess this is the thing that people buy from people and you don't buy from somebody that you don't know, like, and trust. And it's fairly fundamental if you're trying to build a relationship at a distance or online that you're really clear about the essence of of who you're there to serve. Uh, and I think that that is something that small business people and actually large business enterprise um, businesses uh often think that because they exist in the market already um, that people should know um, who they are and be able to know, like, and trust instantly. Probably the easiest way of putting it is that I see it as being quite fundamental to how you build a brand. And a brand is all about how you make connection with a marketplace. And I guess I'm, I'm curious, Sarah, for you to unpack how knowing your customer and your your niche or your segment has really benefited you in uh, building up the One Up project. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting thing to reflect on because I didn't have any intention of, uh, well, I didn't intentionally talk to a specific audience because I didn't really know what was to come of the, the podcast, but Actually, I was talking to a specific audience because who I was talking to was myself, like different versions of myself all around New Zealand and people who were going through the same thing as me. So naturally just being as authentic as possible meant that what I was saying, what I was going through resonated with a certain group of people. And so they felt like they could connect with me on a deeper personal or emotional level because we were going through the same things. So I would understand, I would understand them. And I think that for me, you know, the, the main purpose of having the podcast was to build a community essentially where people felt safe to ask questions, to learn, and then to go and action that information. And so from a community perspective, it was all about people buying into the vision that I had and feeling a sense of belonging from that vision, which was that everyone should feel comfortable to ask questions about things they don't know about. And everyone should have the freedom to make decisions that align them with the life they want to live. So that was really my thing that I unknowingly was getting people to buy into through having uh, a certain persona. And I think had I have actually strategically sat down and worked that out and maybe worked out what content specifically would have resonated with that audience, I probably would have built a bigger audience faster than I already have. Uh, and so now I'm only just starting to realize, oh, okay, like this is who I'm talking to. And so now I need to double down on that and actually get a little bit more specific 
about who I am talking to because I think in many ways what I've seen play out within my industry or my space in podcasting is that the more uh, connected you are to your niche and the more set that is, the not necessarily easier, but the more likely it is that that audience is going to stay loyal and and come to you because that group feels so strongly about that thing. Uh, And so staying broad can sometimes penalize you in that way. But yeah, it's taught me so much throughout growing a community for sure. Yeah. So in in another way of putting it is that you've discovered your uh, customer avatar and the persona that you're going after as a result of actually putting content out there. So I guess the easiest way of putting it is that, you know, we discover who our personas are via different methods. It's, it's more a question of being open to looking at, uh, you know, the significance of a persona and what it means to your business, um, than necessarily just completing the exercise and ticking the box. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's about working out who is that person that you're wanting to talk to and what are you asking that person to buy into and join because they're only going to join something that they care about. So you really have to know who they are to know what they would what they would care about. Um, and so it's a persona exercise and moving through that is beyond a ticker box activity this is a necessity to build a stable and sustainable brand yeah and so having gone through the process of persona discovery and and subsequent avatar development what are some of the insights that you had about the process and some of the obstacles and common misconceptions or, or mistakes that there are about applying this concept of discovering your persona and bringing your customer avatar to life? It's a big process to sit down and depending on the size of your business and I guess what kind of brand you have. From my experience, it has been a big process to interview people and to uh, talk to as many relevant people as possible and to collate all of those findings into something that is understandable and readable and then find the patterns and the themes throughout that and then apply that to whatever it is you're thinking around who your personas are and I think you can never talk to too many people um, you know whether that is the customers you already have or the people within your business or uh, whoever it is you can't talk to enough people and I think a wide variety of perspectives is going to give you the most rich data that you can then pick themes and patterns out of um one thing that is really really crucial and that can pose challenges if it's not there is that everyone needs to have buy-in so everyone needs to buy into the process and fully feel uh, like they believe in it and they believe that this is going to be a useful activity and they believe that the personas are correct as well. So I guess that that concept of alignment and I guess the other concept is really about sponsorship, making sure that uh, you have sponsorship from above to enable you to get alignment across different departments. 
I guess one of the the common mistakes or misconceptions that I've come across is that they're just for marketing and they don't really relate to the rest of business and you know they're not particularly relevant to sales you know sales do their job um why should we actually care about uh a persona and ultimately a customer avatar so i'm just curious sarah for you to unpack you know that experience that you might have had around misalignment and not having sufficient sponsorship, if you like. Mm. Yeah, I think that is a huge misconception uh, around the personas not only being a marketing thing because essentially what the personas are going to give to you is an example of who we're talking to. And we talk to the customer in every single part of the business, whether it's sales, whether it's marketing and through your marketing strategy, whether it's um, you know, within the the customer service parts of the business, like whatever it is, everyone's talking and everyone's work is revolved around the customer, or at least it should be, um, in my opinion. And so it's relevant to everyone. And if you don't have the the strong sponsorship of those who are at the top essentially, then it it kind of bleeds down into the rest of the team where people don't feel like it's relevant to them because if the person who we rely on to uh, make the right decisions or have the perspective or be leading the vision, especially because, you know, the person who uh, either the founder or the CEO or whoever's making the decisions, they're usually the one who leads the vision. And so if the the person who had the initial vision to begin with doesn't believe in the vision of the persona, then that's really hard to make it applicable to whatever you're doing within the business. And so that alignment is 100% key when whoever the team is organizing the personas is trying to get buy-in from the rest of the company and socialize that with everyone so that they have a real good understanding. Because at the end of the day, if not everyone's on the same page, the alignment of how these are going to benefit everyone, then it's not going to benefit anyone at all because there's no point just one part of the business talking to this type of customer and the rest of the business just doing things as they were always done and and not talking to that same person because there isn't going to be alignment in all communications. Yeah, so I guess what this does is unpack the strategic importance of personas and understanding the different types of personas that there are and how they relate to different functions within a business. So, you know, a simple example is the difference between a buyer persona and a user persona. Uh, A user persona obviously informs uh, engineering and product management in how you build products. But at the same time, your buyer persona informs Uh, that development cycle and that product management cycle because they're the ones that are making the financial decisions around um, the acquisition of your product. So you need to be able to make sure that that buyer persona is aligned uh, with engineering, product management, product development. uh, And that's so fundamental. I, I guess I thought I'd just pick up that dimension. Maybe, Sarah, you want to colour that in a bit more. 
Yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking when you mentioned around uh, the developers or people like that, you know, if, if, if we're building, if whoever is working on building something for you in whatever capacity that looks like, if, if someone's building for one type of person and the marketing team are marketing to another type of person, it's really going to, you know, you're creating a product for someone who potentially doesn't even want it. And then you're communicating the wrong things about it. Um, and so I suppose when you experience that, you realize how much uh, misalignment that does cause within a business. Um, so stay tuned for the second part of this interview with Sarah on the thing about buyer personas and your customer avatar, where we unpack the practicalities of building customer avatars.